So how are you? Really, if you're like many women I know, we need more than ever to hear how other women are not just surviving, but thriving, intentionally creating a meaningful life right now. If you're in the market for strategies that will add velocity to your life and leadership, join us. Today is really a, a true gift to me to get 30 minutes with Karen Brown on my podcast. She's been an inspiration to my leadership journey for the past several years. And her Velocity Leadership Consulting business is helping other women and, and men um, to really soar in their gifts and, and take their leadership to another level. So Karen, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Such a pleasure to be here. Really excited to be on your show, Donna. Thank you. I know you have, have done some pretty phenomenal things. You are an athlete to begin with. Tell us a little bit about how you, you started your own leadership journey and what led you into this neurolinguistics programming practice. So it all began a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and really somehow in the future, right? Uh -huh. uh, known as Colorado Springs and Denver, Colorado. Um, when I found myself <clears throat> climbing the corporate ladder of leadership to uh, what back then, and this was about 25 years ago. <clears throat> so what back then was my... Um, highest level of incompetence, which simply meant that I was a really good individual performer and I had no earthly idea how to bring out <clears throat> the best performance from my team members. Right. And this is before there were leadership podcasts or right. leadership books or leadership coaches. Um, so it was just kind of the wild west and you were just expected to figure out, figure it out. So I really didn't know what to do. And I did what came naturally to me and what still continues to fascinate me to this day, which is human behavioral patterns. So I started asking my team members questions, things like what motivates you? What stops you? What gets you out of bed in the morning to come in and work with us? Right. And to my surprise, it worked really well. So much so that I scratched my head and took a step back and started asking myself questions like, okay, what exactly am I doing and why is it working? So long story short, uh, realized that what I was doing was coaching um, my individual team members and I was doing it in such a way that accessed their behavioral patterns that were at work that underpin uh, elevated levels of success and performance. So started to educate myself formally, um, you know, getting professional coaching certification, uh, also neuro-linguistic programming, um, learning about behavioral patterns, uh, the neurosciences, you know, general kinds of things like that. <clears throat> then uh, in my journey to the Ironman World Championships at age 44, as a total amateur athlete, I mean, everybody listening, I am not a gifted athlete, far from it. <laughs> this doesn't come naturally to me. And anybody who knows me 
knows that I am very clumsy. Um, I'm not very coordinated. Uh, I'm just stubborn as all get out. <laughs> I, I don't like to quit. Uh, and this was a lifelong dream that I had uh, since age 14. Really? What birthed that dream? What was the seed for that? What birthed it was seeing the coverage of the Ironman World Championships on television. Okay. Um, this was 1982. And for anybody who wants to look this up, because this was a long time ago, um, it's when Julie Moss uh, participated in the race. And she had, let's just say, a very difficult race that was like watching a train wreck that you couldn't look away from, or at least I couldn't. And the reason that it birthed this dream is because through watching it, and first of all, I didn't even know what the Ironman was versus the Ironman World Championships or even a triathlon for that matter. Uh -huh. I, I hadn't been exposed to it at all. But what happened when I watched it is it struck this deep emotional chord inside me. And I ended up crying. I was sitting on the couch watching this bawling. Wow. And what I realized later, it took me many years to realize this. <clears throat> what happened was in looking at her on the screen, I thought to myself, what if I have inside of me what it takes to do that? And I'm not tapping into it. Right. What if I am living this small, safe life that on the outside looks like it's challenging me, but I know on the inside it's really not. It's wasted potential. Right. So I, uh, I carried that around for 28 years. Wow. Yeah, until 2010, and I discovered what had hold, held me back that entire time was a proven behavioral pattern called limiting beliefs. Right. And this changed everything. It's such a phrase now. You hear it everywhere and it, it almost becomes like passe. Um, but it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. People don't really even understand the power behind those two words. Yes, absolutely. And that it's, it's a scientifically proven uh, pattern. And it, it, this is why I wrote the book that I'm sure we'll talk about um, called Unlimiting Your Beliefs, because when I came face to face with this and then learned how limiting beliefs work, how pervasive they are, and how to transform them uh, and basically leverage them to get the success or accomplishments that you're looking for, mm -hmm. I realized, uh, and uh, also having become a subject matter expert uh, along the way in this field, I realized, you know what? This is just a leftover bug in our operating system from caveman days. And none of us need to struggle with this anymore, but everyone does on a daily basis. Right. It, it's, such a, it's such a valid point. We all have some kind of limitation that we impose on ourselves. And sometimes we get stuck blaming other people for it mm -hmm. without even understanding the root where that limiting belief took root. Absolutely. And that's called a limiting decision. 
Yeah. So, and I can tell you exactly where mine took root yeah. was when I was 14 years old and watched that coverage and watched Julie Moss, <clears throat> she was a collegiate, uh, albeit at the time, pro triathlete. I mean, there, there really wasn't such a thing, but as close as, as you could be to it, she was. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I compared in a split second myself to her and thought, well, you know, she is at an elite level and I'm just a recreational athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's up here and I'm down here. I, I can't possibly compete there. And I also saw what she went through. Yeah. I have to watch, you know, the archival footage to understand that. But and I thought, I, 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 can't, I couldn't do that. There's no way I could endure that. And all in a split second, this happens, this comparison bias. And then our unconscious brain jumps in anytime we're faced with something new, different, different meaning emergence from COVID, right? Because it's happening now, or what we perceive to be dangerous, the unconscious mind limiting beliefs, behavioral pattern jumps in and says, nope, not going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then your brain turns it into a fact. And I, yeah. I like to play around with that word and just say it's a four letter word beginning with F. Yeah, that's a real, another four letter word that we need to debunk. Yeah. yeah, which is actually more dangerous than using the much more well-known four letter word beginning with F because <laughs> we're convinced that these things that our mind has convinced us of are factual. And you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm living proof and there's millions and millions of other evidential stories that it was not a fact. I crossed the finish line at the Ironman World Championships at age 46, two years later. That's amazing. So you, you decided that you're gonna prove that fact to be wrong. What was it, you know, from 14 to 42, something had to happen to ignite you, to start doing the training that was gonna reverse that, that seed that was in your mind. Right. Well, it went like this. For 28 straight years, I would repeat the same pattern. I would just happen to catch the coverage on TV and I would go through the same exact process. I would stop and watch it. I would start crying. I would have that same emotional feeling, you know, wasted potential. And then limiting beliefs would jump in and I would talk myself right out of being able to do it. Mm -hmm. Until I took a class and it was a business class, but it was all about how our brain works and mm -hmm. behavioral patterns, one of which was limiting beliefs. And I, I never knew this before that class. Once I understood it, it was like the clouds parted and the angels sang. Uh -huh. and, and also we learned how to transform limiting beliefs into unlimiting beliefs, which is how you leverage them. Once I did that, it was like this enormous opening, this gateway presented itself. And I just sat in my chair, like, you know, 
this this sort of hot flash coming over me. But at the time, I was too young for hot flashes. <laughs> right. It's a different and, conversation right now. Yeah. And in an instant, it was as if my pen wrote out on its own, on a piece of paper, Ironman World Championships. And I looked at it, and I welled up, and I just knew instantly that I was done holding myself back from this dream and that I was now going to pursue it. I mean, that's how quickly I was able to realize what it was, just follow the technique to transform it and that it worked. I mean, it worked almost instantaneously. Right. That, that was in August. In September, I started interviewing coaches. I begged the one coach um, that I wanted to work with to take me on because, you know, let's just be real. I was a super no one in this world. You're right. Right. I don't, I don't blame this person for not wanting to be embarrassed, you know, by taking somebody like me on. But I said, you know what, here's the thing about me. I am stubborn and I will be your most committed athlete. And I will never give up until I cross the finish line. Wow. And that was, Absolutely true. And the other thing I learned in that two years to crossing the finish line, which was absolutely pivotal and key to being able to accomplish that dream is to utilize, um, to key in on and um, utilize the other behavioral patterns that I came across during that two year process. I mean, that's it, it, Donna, it's the thing that I have seen that is the difference maker with us as human beings, no matter what we are trying to accomplish. Really? That's, you know, I, I founded my company, Velocity Leadership Consulting, you know, to pioneer this work with senior leaders in medium to large size companies, because I thought, you know what, that, honestly, that's where we need the most work. Right. In this country. That's where we need to move the needle the most open up our minds, transform our behavioral patterns, um, and make a bigger impact. So that's why. Well, I and it's, it's um, adding velocity, putting on rails, that thing that we thought was impossible. I don't even like to call it a dream because somehow dreams feel vague and uh, unrealistic. Mm. I think it's it's almost a future reality that we somehow put delimiters on because we think that it's, it's really impossible for us to achieve that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why so many women tend to talk themselves out of opportunities to grow because it, it is hard to overcome certain limitations, but it doesn't mean it's impossible and, and it's downright necessary to get the stuff done that the world needs done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, great point about that. Um, after I crossed the finish line at the Ironman, I went fully off the rails, uh, discovering this other world called ultra endurance sports, which are um, <laughs> races longer than Ironman. Uh, case in point, the next race I did was a three-day, 320-mile triathlon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, th this is not a well-known race and only about 40 athletes annually are invited, which is the only way you can get in uh, to compete. So I did that twice, you know, just for grins. Um, fun. <laughs> yeah, just for fun, you know, just for something to do. I anyway, um, what I'm getting to is the uh, announcer for the Ultraman is a wonderful, um, actually trained psychologist. And I'll always remember, he said something so pivotal that I think um, eloquently describes what you and I are talking about. He said, you know, we've all got to be pilgrims of self-discovery. Meaning we've, we've really got to have the tenacity to continue looking inward rather than outward, right? Looking inward at, okay, what's my contribution to my mindset? What's my contribution to the current situation or the results I'm seeing or the lack of results I'm seeing, right? Because it really all starts and ends with us. True. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of stunted um, by this, this picture of you at 14 watching that show you know it, it reminds me of all the many winter olympics where i would watch the ice skaters and i would as a little girl pretend to ice skate on my living room carpet <laughs> there's this dream this seed that a lot of girls have at a young age mm -hmm. and it seems to get drowned out by what's realistic yeah, I hate that R word, by the way. Yeah, never... that's that's the worst four letter, seven letter, four or five, yeah, <laughs> eight letter word. <laughs> because yeah. it's really what you what you determine to to be your your next outcome. Absolutely, and I completely agree with you, Donna. That this happens all the time, especially when we're girls, but. Uh, you know, it happens in adulthood too. I mean, I know right now there are listeners out there that if I ask, what is the biggest, most ridiculous, audacious dream they can think of that when they think of it causes them to break out in a cold sweat and want to vomit? Everybody can think of one. Mm -hmm. Everybody. I've not ever run across someone who says, oh, I, I don't have one. No, we all do. And this is the thing. Um, this is the message I want to get across. It is never too late. It doesn't matter if it's a big, scary, audacious dream that you thought up yesterday or 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. Um, perceived ability doesn't matter. What does matter is the decision you make, whether it's a decision not to do it, not to pursue it, decision that you can't do it, or it's a decision that you can, and then you leverage the power of your unconscious mind and behavioral patterns to get there. Right. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because I uh, just last week got a two-page typed, signed letter from um, a gal who listened to the very first podcast I was on 55 shows ago. God bless this woman. 
Because <laughs> I don't think I was that good of an interview, honestly. I mean, I was finding my way, right? Yeah. But she said she heard the show and she went and bought the book. Nice. And she said she never does that. But in this case, she did. She just was felt led to do it. She bought the book. And I swear, Donna, when I got on the phone with her recently, she can pretty much recite the book to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild, right? I think she knows my book better than I do. Um, and, and at any rate, she her letter encapsulates all of the limiting beliefs that she had to transform. Uh, I mean, and, and she says pretty early on, you know, her relationship with money and her behavioral patterns about money, earning money, driving revenue in her business, um, you know, the business model she was using, she had to completely transform and redefine all of that. And then once she did, she, you know, got results that took her to a certain point, but she still wasn't where she wanted to go. So she retooled again, you know, cause sometimes that happens. You reach a certain point by accessing the behavioral patterns that are at play. And then, you know, then you find new ones that are at the, the next level for you. And, and this, is, this is very common, right? This is really how our brains are built. But the important thing that she said that I think is so applicable here, she said, you know, my relationship with money and my behavioral patterns around money and revenue became my Iron Man. Yeah. So this, this isn't about, you know, ice skating on the carpet, watching the Olympics. Can you do it? Can you not do it? you know, can you, um, you know, participate and complete, compete a triathlon? No, it's not about athletic endeavors. It's really about um, whatever our big, crazy, beautiful dream is, because that's usually the gateway to the difference we can make in this world and oftentimes our purpose. And so it, it doesn't matter what it is, but treating it with that kind of reverence and doing the work it takes to get there, most of which is between the ears. Yeah. Is, is the difference. So true. I'm in a situation now where I'm counseling um, small businesses and I hear a lot of language that is based on an assumption of what the future holds. Ah. And I'm constantly having to ask that question. Well, hold on. You're speaking about a future possibility as if it's already true. Well, it might be. <laughs> and I have to dial them back. Well, but what do we know to be true right now? Yeah. And what if we had not one or two, three or four possible outcomes? What if we prepare for, for all possibilities? What if the outcome is actually better than anything we imagine? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, Donna, because this is another scientifically proven point, which is that our unconscious mind will always err on the side of negativity or worst outcome, or even as I like to refer to my boyfriend, doomsday. <laughs> He'll go from zero to doomsday in a second. Really? Yeah. And it's also scientifically proven that our brains, unless we are in charge of them, will spend so much more time and add so much more weight to the negative possible outcomes 
than we will spend or add the same amount of weight to the possible uh, positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I wonder why we're wired that way. So I'm, that's why I'm so hopeful knowing that you have a, a program that helps people to identify that limiting belief and then start to work towards un, unwiring it or rewiring it. How would you say that? Rewiring it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I can tell you real briefly uh, where it comes from. Yeah. It comes from when we were cave people because our brains had to err on the sides that we're talking about, you know, um, doomsday, negative outcome, worst possible outcome, whatever, uh, limiting beliefs to keep us alive and out of the mouth of a saber-toothed tiger mm -hmm. for another day so that we could survive as a species. But here's the thing, here's the really interesting thing. Um, we, the human being, beat out the Neanderthal because we could think our way out of things. Right. Right? Um, and we also, um, fun side note, um, for anyone that says, well, you know, I could never run a marathon or, you know, I could never do endurance sports or anything like that. Yeah. Well, we're also built to outrun our food, basically to run down our food because we could run for four hours, which is also coincidentally and not coincidentally, the typical amount of time that it takes a human being to run a marathon. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, you know, this is just a protective mechanism in our operating system that has survived for millions of years to keep us alive. But in the modern day world, it gets in our way rather than, you know, doing what it was designed to do, which is just to keep us alive. Wow. Mm -hmm. And we forget that it can be rewired. And yeah. we talk about this all the time in any coaching engagement. You talk about identifying that, that tape that's playing in your head, where, where it took root and, and start to, you know, rewire the inner dialogue. But it sounds like your process goes a little bit deeper than that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, you know, what we do are scientific techniques and, and this, this is not, uh, like hypnotherapy, right? We're not hypnotizing anybody. Um, mm -hmm. but, you know, also being experts in neuro-linguistic programming, which is a very fancy term, which just means the science of the words you use that reveal what's going on for you. So our coaches can very quickly ask you a question to find out, you know, what's going on for you. Then based on what you say, because you really cannot betray your unconscious mind. Um, the word, your words come straight from it. Yeah. So then they can jump in and, um, you know, hone in on those words that reveal the behavioral pattern that's at work, then ask you questions to open that up, determine the origin of it, which is, you know, where it came from, why it was formed. Uh, and then together come up with a, you know, either the best technique or a strategy to change it. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, it's really straightforward and yeah. it takes less time than it does for me to explain it on the show, which, which is the good news. Just to I walk mean, it. Yeah. Good. Think about it. Um, and I can give you these statistics, uh, the power and the speed of our unconscious mind is staggering. Mm 
150,000 miles an hour is how fast unconscious mind impulses go. Wow. And our unconscious mind produce, or sorry, processes 2 billion, with a B, bits of information per day. Huh. Now this is compared to your conscious mind, which everybody walks around thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking with my conscious mind, I'm making decisions with my conscious mind. No. <laughs> um, it, there are several studies that all point to uh, the same general results, which are that only 0.006% of everything we think and do in, the, in a day is conscious. 0.006? Yes. Huh. Balance is all unconscious. And with that much power and speed behind it, and if you think about how long you've run these behavioral patterns and how powerful they've been, right? That you, you almost cannot not run them, right? Um, that proves how quickly you can change them, right? This doesn't have to be 66 days or 125 days, you know, to a habit change. No, because that's using your conscious mind. Uh -huh. About is behavioral patterns that are in the unconscious mind. Wow. It's amazing. I, I have to just stop and stare at those numbers because it explains so much how much it matters that we're intentional. Uh, mm -hmm. Not just about it, just showing up to work, you know, the showing up to do what you're wired to do and doing the job that you're intended to do, but bringing all of yourself to that game, preparing um, from the moment you wake up. And I know when, when you've been training for the Ironman or the Ultraman, you have to be in a very um, focused state of intention. I know when we got together for coffee and you said, oh, well, no, I'm not having any coffee. I'm drinking this healthy drink. I was thinking, oh, no, I feel so horrible. <laughs> yeah, that drink that looked like the underside of a lawnmower. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I, I've done that, too. And I always feel better when I do. And the last time I did just a, a one-week fast, I couldn't believe the mental capacity and the really the emotional and spiritual clarity that I had from mm -hmm. cleansing my system yeah uh, can you know because we're called 360 life strategies can you comment a little bit about how your whole life changed once you set your mind on this goal in the simplest word every way possible yeah everything, absolutely everything changed uh first of all um I felt like I was operating at a pretty high level at work. Uh, I was in a CEO position at the time, leading a lot of people. I felt like I was doing a really good job of it. <laughs> and I'll yeah. tell you what, training for an Ironman, which means adding 20 to 24 hours a week of training and uh, other things that just fall under the umbrella of training, uh, forces you to, uh, elevate to you know elevate up a couple of levels yeah. um 
I didn't even know those levels existed, to be honest. I mean, th this was totally new territory for me. Right. Um, I'm a person that lives and dies by my schedule. Like, that's how I get everything done. And I had to really knock it up a couple of levels. Um, I had to be so much more focused and intentional, like uh, uh, the highest level possible for me. Yeah. Um, I had to make scheduling and following my schedule an art um, and to be more efficient than I ever knew I could be. I mean, you know, email and uh, conversations, um, you know, I was so inefficient before. And so I really had to completely redefine everything I was doing at work. Also my relationships, because I then had to, um, I'm just gonna be real with everybody. There were relationships that I would say were, you know, kind of on the fence that, you know, they probably weren't serving me or the other person well, and, you know, they came to an end and they really needed to, um, you know, because they, they, they probably weren't, um, you know, supporting where I wanted to go. I mean, these were quite frankly, the naysayers in my life, um, you know, who would throw their own limiting beliefs on me. Yeah. Be like, oh no, no, that, that, those are your limiting beliefs getting in my way. And I'm not going to have that. Well, it's right. part of the process. You can still care for those people, but distance yourself from that conversation. Yeah, and you know what? I, I found that I, I just didn't even have the time or the, the bandwidth to you know, be in a relationship with them. And this was hard because you know what? One of those people was my husband. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. Um, but it, it also transformed uh, my other relationships to be so much better, so much more deeply connected, um, completely genuine and authentic. Mm -hmm. um, it had to be. Uh, also, my my mindset, my outlook, um, my health. I mean, uh, I grew up in the school thinking, well, if I just work out enough, I can eat whatever I want. Mm. And that was an easy thought trap to fall into when you know you're working out 24 hours a week and you know you're doing distances that are in the hundreds yeah every week because you know you have to ingest a lot of calories to just maintain performance but it's really inaccurate it's one of those you know fact not fact things that no you you actually need pure fuel um, at that level and I also had to find out um, and just, you know, through trial and error and discovery, what really worked to fuel my system. Uh, and it's, it's not many of the things that I grew up eating, you know, like that green drink I was drinking at the time, that was a brand new thing. I never thought, you know, I'd be drinking the underside of a lawnmower and loving it yeah. <laughs> and, and putting it in front of coffee or something like wine. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, the hardest thing about this podcast is every once in a while somebody says well I used to drink wine but <laughs> yeah um, well, that's the thing I mean we're your show is all about finding you know 360 degree life strategies right so those strategies that are going to work best for you and get you where you want to go yeah that that's that means drawing the line and saying no to some things for time for the the benefit that you get out of the the discipline of sticking to your plan 
Yeah. Boy, yeah. love the, I, you know, and I just realized I've enjoyed this conversation so much. I wasn't even watching the clock. That must be a good sign. <laughs> but I want to make sure, you know, since we're talking about wine, I just have to ask now, do you ever enjoy wine or is it off the, off the um, charts for, for you? Well, let me be clear uh, and honest with everybody. Um, <clears throat> I do like a good glass of red wine. Um, my favorite is pretty much any Barolo from Italy. Um, my last race that I did two years ago was in Northern Italy. And gosh, you just can't beat the wine there, at least for me. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. And since uh, I'm over 50 now, I've also discovered that um, wine only loves to attach itself in mass to my abdomen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what I've discovered is less is more for me. I mean, a lot less is better for me. Um, and so I, I drink it very, very sparingly, usually at, you know, some special occasion and have learned, um, you know, from other women uh, such as yourself and, uh, you know, other um, women in our space that uh, very pure, um, very high quality tequila uh -huh. works for me. I drink a lot less of it because I don't need much, you know, to just feel relaxed and, um, and good. It's easy to sip on very slowly. Um, I really love Casa Amigas, which um, many of you might know is um, George Clooney's um, former brand. Uh, he and um, Randy, I always forget his name, Gerber, uh, founded the company and then sold it um, a while ago. But uh, the best tequila I've ever found, and I actually learned this from Suzanne Summers. Oh, I, yeah. You know, I kind of like how she looks at age 70, whatever. Yeah. So, all right. If it's working for her, maybe it'll work for me. And it seems to, you know, I can just drink a little bit. Uh, I, I get enjoyment from it and it doesn't add the weight or the calories. Um, and, and yeah, it works for me. That's a good technique. I have heard that recently from somebody else. So um, definitely good to um, supply another strategy, an alternative method for those who are trying to, to still fit in at happy hour. Um, yeah. I think it's important to have something to enjoy too. I, it's, it, it's good for those who are watching you to realize that you're not gonna just drink the underside of a lawnmower every day, all day long. Yeah. Because it, it can feel like this is uh, unreachable. I also feel like if people ever get to a point where they're willing to just give it a week at juicing, they will discover a new level of living that can really transform their whole life. Yeah, completely agree. So what's the next step? If somebody says, hey, I've got to connect with Karen. I want to add velocity to my life. I want to transform my limiting beliefs. Uh, easy to find me um, either on LinkedIn. My name is Karen Brown. It's the traditional spelling, not the E that Jackson added onto the end and ruined it for all of us. <laughs> uh, and um, I do have a special landing page for your guests um, for listening to the show. And um, there's a couple of videos um, on how to transform um, both limiting decisions and limiting beliefs. 
And then there's, um, you know, some other uh, great stuff on there that's all free um, just for your listeners. So you can go to Velocity Leadership Consulting.com forward slash greater, meaning greater success. I love it. That's beautiful. And I do have that link in the show notes. I always like to give it out for those who might be listening in the car and just need a, a mental footnote on there. I'm looking forward to checking out those videos myself. Um, the part of why I do this is to curate strategies that can help other people, but continually improve my own life and leadership. So thank you for being such a positive change agent for me. Oh, thank you. And thank you for uh, originating this show and, um, you know, being so um, persistent and, uh, and wholehearted about it. I just love the content. I love the idea. Uh, I think the world of you and uh, I think what you're bringing to the world is amazing. Thank you, Karen. So what'd you think? I hope you found some strategies from today's show that will help you move your life from surviving to thriving. We're about strategies that will help you to live the life that you're made for. So if you want more of this, go to 360lifestrategies.com. Lots of stuff there. You can check out our page, Donna Carlson 360 on Instagram, 360 Life Strategies on Twitter, and you must check out our wine palace at 360 Life Strategies on Pinterest. That's where you can get a label for all the wines we talk about on this show. Most of all, have a conversation with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, you'll find this on our Facebook page, also at 360 Life Strategies. So please join in and share with a friend. Thanks. <music>